If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Y'all, this is Lou Temple, Sheriff Winston from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. And you're listening to Don't Go Out There podcast right where you want to be. You follow me? Whoa, ho, 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 ho. Well, howdy, folks. It's your old pal, Captain Spaulding again. God bless America, and God bless Captain Spaulding. In a world where zombies, ghosts, Serial killers and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. Uh, we're really excited about another film review. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for at Don't Go Out There and you'll find us. Uh, give a big quick shout out to our uh, our website, www.don'tgooutthere.com. We've got written blog entries. We've got all of our interviews and film reviews on the site. And we have an online store if you want to pick up any merch. Uh, you know, rep, rep us if you want to. I mean, show some love. We appreciate it. And... Just want to give a quick shout out. Just give us a quick five star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Uh, whenever you search like horror movie review or horror movie podcast, we're one of the first few shows to pop up, which is awesome. It's kind of hard to believe that, you know, we never thought that we'd be right at the top of iTunes in our in our niche in our genre. That's awesome. We really appreciate the support, y'all. And tonight is Brother Dustin's pick, and in my opinion, this is the first real true Rob Zombie movie that we are reviewing tonight. I mean, we've done his Halloween adaptation, but, you know, I, that had a lot going. That, I don't believe that was truly Rob Zombie's what he wanted. The, the second one was, uh, honestly. Uh, Dustin, do you want to go first on why you picked this and whatnot? Yeah, uh, sure. I'll go ahead. This is one of those movies that I saw when it initially came out. Uh, I was in high school at the time. And... I'm not going to lie. I'm a big Rob Zombie fan. I remember seeing Rob Zombie on MTV Cribs and thinking this guy is so insanely awesome. Like he he's just a he's a he's an enigma. Like he's just got this charisma about him. Everything about him is fascinating to me. And then get into his movies and say what you will about the movies themselves like the the script, the screenplays, whatever. But his creative genius shines through in the way that the films are shot and produced 
and the uh, cinematography. I, I really am a Rob Zombie fan. So in the grand scheme of things, this is my favorite Rob Zombie film. Uh, I like the Firefly family, the story arc with them. Uh, there's three movies with them. They don't necessarily tie into each other, but they do. Um, this one is my favorite of the three. I've seen uh, three from hell. Finally, I've finally watched it. But Sid Haig, rest in peace. Phenomenal performance. Legendary performance as Captain Spaulding. And the ever-beautiful Sherry Moon Zombie. So, what's not to like, right? Right, I guess uh, I guess I'll leave that to you all to tell me what's not the light. But go ahead, <laughs> Mike. I'm gonna let Mike close this out. I'm gonna go next just because I feel like he's gonna say uh, some more nice things than me. Um, never seen this movie. Um, I, I'm just gonna come. I know Devil's Rejects has a cult following. It's got some very loyal followers. Uh, I posted that picture on our Instagram, and it got more likes than damn near any picture I've ever posted. Yeah. Uh, I understand. I, I used to work with a guy in my last job, huge Rob Zombie fan, and whenever I told him I wasn't a fan of House of Thousand Corpses, it, it about broke his heart. He's a huge <laughs> fan. So so the love for Rob Zombie films is deep, and, and I, I get it. I get it. I'm just I'm just not a fan of his style, and it, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan of the style, really. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I mean, it's been pretty well documented. I'm not a fan of Rob Zombie films, but... With that said, you know, I'd never seen Devil's Rejects up until this week. Um, was it as bad as I thought? Honestly, no. But, you know, I love you, Dustin, but this just isn't my cup of tea, honestly. Um, <laughs> like, you can definitely tell the influence of Text Chainsaw Massacre yep. and yep. Manson Family for, for sure. And to say it has an elite soundtrack is an <laughs> understatement of, of all understatements. It has an elite soundtrack for sure. But, you know, to me, it's your typical Rob Zombie movie, the white trash snuff film, basically. And that just never has really been my taste. I mean, I love his music, but his movies just really aren't ever for me. That's all. Okay. I agree with a lot of what Brian said there. Great soundtrack. I mean, just one of the best horror movie soundtracks maybe ever. Like, I, I just love uh, – I like what's considered classic rock and even, you know, the ones that are old country I think kind of fit the, fit the movie well. So really, really good soundtrack. Um, so that's off the cuff there. I uh, I liked some of the acting in this movie, and we're going to get into it. I think Sid Haig does do a great job. Rest in peace, I Sid Haig. I, I think in you know, his character, Captain Spaulding, I think he does that really well. Um, to me, this is still really green Cherry Moon Zombie. So I think she's actually – I know this is weird, but I think she's a better Michael Myers mom than she is in this movie. Uh, I just don't think her acting in this movie is any fucking good at all. But – Maybe it's on purpose. I don't know. But if I ever hear Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these again, I'm going to fucking punch somebody in the face. Uh, Jesus Christ. Or Tony so, Ferdy. Right. Or, yeah. Oh God. So <laughs> we'll get to it. But overall on the movie, I, I'm mixed. I'm mixed because I, you know, we talked about it during the Halloween episode. I think Rob Zombie has a really, really great horror movie in him if he let someone else write it. Because... The directing in this movie, to me, is not bad. The way it's shot, the way it's made, it's gr- it, it, it's it's dingy, it's grungy, it's dirty, but it's it, it's his style, and I can appreciate someone having a unique style. Now, like you said, Brian, he definitely takes influence from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, with the family aspect and all that stuff. But I, you know, the, I like that movie for what it is too, so I respect that. Um, but I, I just there's there's just the dialogue, and I know everyone talks about it, and I feel like I'm harping on it, 
but the dialogue really weighs this movie down for me. There's just not a lot of good talking. Like, I, I don't like anybody. And I don't even like the people I'm supposed to like. And I don't like the fire. I like the Firefly family as, char- as like, you know, characters throughout this series of movies. But I don't like them personally. Like, if I knew those people, I'd fucking hate them. Like, Otis is a piece of shit. Murder and fuck. And Sherry Moon is annoying as hell as baby. I will give Captain Spaulding a little bit of credit. He really didn't fuck around. He just kind of punched somebody, and that was it. So I'll give him a little bit. And it's got my man, Ken Foray, in this movie. Shout out, Joe Grizzly, bitch. (laughs) I will say this before we get into any further. Maybe part of the reason this movie is so favorable for me is because these white trash redneck fucks may or may not remind me of some of the people I grew up with in East Tennessee. So. <laughs> hey, to quote Joe Dirt, hey, to quote Joe Dirt, you mean you're so ingrained with white trash DNA, your shit grows in all white trash like that? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but yes, that's basically. So, and also, also, I can't believe that you're going to disparage Bill Mosley's acting in this movie. I didn't because disparage it, the acting. Didn't you said you didn't acting. like any of the acting. Parent. Like, no uh, the character. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I may have misheard you, because I thought that I think Bill Mosley. I think that he really is Otis. Like, <laughs> if we're just no, being honest, like, that is so believable. So anyway, let, I let's, do agree let's, with that. Let's go on for y'all. Get me a little bit more hot. I would, I would love to have Bill Mosley on this podcast. Me by too. the way, that we are Absolutely. we're going to make that happen. <laughs> Only one bad acting job in the movie to me. One sticks out like a sore thumb. Sorry, you got your tongue. Sorry, Sherry, right, hey, uh, Sherry, call me sometime. <laughs> no, don't you dare. Don't you dare talk out of both sides of your mouth right now. Hey, brother, he he, he, he asked Sherry to call him uh, about 20 episodes ago whenever we did Halloween. <laughs> no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't have, have her call you because that's, that's, your, that's your spiel there. But don't you say, she sucks, I can't stand her, but call me. No. She you don't sucks get to have in this. this movie. She's good as Michael Myers' mom to me. So there you go. Chinese, Jap. Go ahead. Oh. Do you even do you even know Mike Settle? <laughs> but say that's true. You're supposed to know me, brother. Anyway, let's get started. All right, before Sorry, we jump into this uh, uh, film breakdown, I just want to apologize <laughs> to the Devil's Rejects fans again. I really yeah, hope say, that, say you're uh, sorry to me. <laughs> I want to apologize to my my good brother Dustin Franklin too, because <laughs> I kind of I took my notes uh, with a jaded view, honestly. Like, if I thought you were annoying, I wrote your ass is annoying right there. <laughs> so I might, I might not give a lot of my thoughts after I read them, but uh, you, you'll hear my thoughts whenever I read my notes. All right, let's jump into it. On May, this is just a title screen. I think there's like a narrator reading this too. On May 18, 1978, Sheriff Wydell, along with local authorities in Ruggsville County, led a search and destroy mission <laughs> on a decaying farmhouse. Collection of diaries. There's 75 murders. The family is known as the Devil's Rejects. And we see, this as this movie starts, as a dead, naked woman being drugged through the woods by a large, sack-headed person. It's Tiny, their brother, that we learn later on. He stops as he sees police cars. The cop, the cop cars show up to a house. Cher says they're performing a cleanse of the wicked. Everyone in the house wakes up and get guns. They all start firing at the sheriffs on the count of three. They throw the... Uh, the cops, they throw tear gas into the house. Then the cops enter the house. They can't kill the fireflies because they all have on metal armor. The mother runs to check on one of the fireflies who are shot. 
but he's dead. She goes, she grabs a gun, she goes to shoot herself, but it's out of bullets. And then Otis and Baby, they run downstairs to the basement. This is where the opening credits start. And I kind of like the opening. I do kind of like the opening credits with the mm-hmm. music. They get more guns, and we see all their captives down in the basement. The mom is arrested. Otis and Baby escape through a drain pipe. Baby fakes being hurt in the middle of the road so she and Otis can kill and steal a nice lady's car. <laughs> that's that's a, that's all I wrote down for the first opening scene. I kind of like the first opening scene. I had some stuff I didn't really care for. Uh, Dustin, this was your movie. Uh, tell us about the uh, opening, brother. All right. So, yeah, I really like how the opening is shot as well. The film takes place in 78, and the way that it's uh, filmed, the filter they put on, or however they filmed it, it looks like that gritty vintage footage. Like, yeah. it looks like you're watching something from the 70s. That was really well done. Um, <clears throat> William Forsyth, I think that he plays a very believable asshole cop. Uh, I thought he did a good job of that. He had some great lines in there when he's talking about, uh, we're here to do the Lord's work, or his, you know, the, the lines he gives about uh, cleansing of the evil. <clears throat> the When you're first watching this movie, I remember the first time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, holy shit, we got Jason from Jason number two, or Friday 13th part two <laughs> coming out here dragging his yeah, bike. Yeah, Team Sack, baby. <laughs> but, team Sack. There's a callback to an earlier episode. Um, Again, don't go look that hashtag up. Please do, do not. Um, <laughs> how about but, hashtag sackhead? There you go. There right. you go. Better. But I, I think the movie does a great job of uh, just setting the tone. That It's so important in, in, in any movie, really, to set the tone for the rest of the film. They let you know from the beginning what kind of sick fucks these fa- this family is. And like I, said, like I said, this is a sequel, but it's not. So when you see dragging a dead body through the forest. You got a dead body naked in the bed with Otis. You're like, oh, he's he's disgusting. Um, and he says something later in the film. It's like, Jesus Christ. But anyway, um, the know. armor. How badass was that homemade armor, though? Jesus, they look like they look like medieval rednecks. It was Templar, awesome. Dude. It was yeah. Um, also, this movie does have some negatives. I will sheepishly skittishly admit to um i don't know who shoots guns at a lower percentage the cops in this movie or the stormtroopers in star wars because (laughs) jesus christ man like they can't shoot for shit but and and it really comes into play in the closing scene i mean my god but anyway uh i thought I, i like these i like these scenes they introduce you to the firefly family not everybody makes it out, only the important ones. And then I, the one thing that I, I, I am curious to, I'd like to know, is because even though my DVD copy says director's cut on the front, I still feel like there's stuff cut out that I didn't see or that we didn't see. Because they didn't do a good job at all of telling you who the fuck Tiny is. Right. Like You, you don't find that out until later. And so like, this big son of a bitch is dragging a body through the woods and then he doesn't, he's gone. And they mention where's Tiny, but I wish they would have done a better job of somehow introducing all the characters that are going to come into play later. I agree. Off the rip. But small nitpick for a solid opening scene. Go ahead, Brian. So this movie was sent back to the MPAA eight times, earning an NC-17 <laughs> rating. Are you sure? Until Rob the last Zombie one. would never do that. 
But look, I didn't even watch the unrated version, but I can see why the rating for sure. I mean, hell, <laughs> with that first scene's full frontal nudity with that dead chick being drugged across the woods <laughs> for what seemed like, by the way, 10 minutes. But uh, I, I even wrote down, like, remember the times where RoboCop earned an NC-17 for just showing someone getting their arm blown off? That's how far we've come in this. Um, yeah. And the, the dialogue, just the shit, fuck, shit, fuck, I wrote down. And and look, I mean, look, you may you may think of me as a classy guy and you wouldn't be wrong. I'm a classy guy. No doubt. I, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do cuss a lot. I mean, when someone cusses around my son and then apologizes and he says, it's OK, my dad says worse. I mean, come on. I cuss a lot. We have our vices. But when my wife comes in the room in the first five minutes of this movie and is like, wow, what are you watching? And I, all I have to do is say, all I have to do is say Rob Zombie. She goes, oh, OK, and gets it. You know that this is like classic Rob Zombie dialogue here. <laughs> um, one, one nitpick I had was, come on, police. I mean, you got to start with the tear gas. They waited way too late to throw that in there. If they would have started mm-hmm. with the tear gas, it might have might have been a little bit better. And a uh, um, little fact I have here is they uh, we talked about it a little bit off air, but the mother's played by Leslie Easterbrook here. Um, because apparently Karen Black, who played her in House of a Thousand Corpses, wanted a little bit too much money to come back. Um, overall, I liked the shaky cam action in the shootout. Um, I did notice, which I kind of laughed at, the only one to get shot, ironically, is the one dude who was wearing full body armor. Where, you know, I don't, I didn't really understand why the rest of the family was just wearing face masks. Like the rest of their body didn't matter if they got shot. But, um, yeah, that other, other. Uh, like I said, though, great soundtrack, and I did like the uh, the uh, the way that scene was shot. I do have one more thing before Mike gives his thoughts, uh, and it's just to play off. Since you went ahead and mentioned that Rob Zombie in this film has an affinity for the word "fuck," I want to throw <laughs> something out there. This film actually says "fuck" in all of its variations 560 times. Wow! In the film, That's which was a record. Me which was a record for film until later that year, there's a documentary called fuck in 2005 that came out. That's about the uh, origin of the expletive and all that. So that's a documentary about the word specifically. So if you're talking about just a film, just a motion picture, this one holds the record 560 times for the word fuck, motherfuck, fucker, fucking all that. Yeah. A record broke every single time F- FSU fan watched Willie Taggart coach team in the last couple of years. Just that. That's very true. <laughs> and I that. think I just set the the don't go out there record for in the first there segment is, as well. So. No I doubt. Know, there's an episode in which I, I think I counted myself. I said it uh, 46 times, if I'm not mistaken. So I do apologize. <laughs> um, what I will say is, by the way, I'm glad you put me onto that documentary. I'm going to watch that after we get done here. Um, <laughs> so, Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to repeat myself a lot here, but I can't help it. This is how I feel. I, I like these opening scenes because I, outside of the shit fuck shit fuck stuff that we talked about, there isn't a ton of dialogue. So it shot oh. really well. It shot really well to me. Uh, I like the cinematography. I like the shaky cam. Uh, I like William Forsythe, of course. He's better here than he is in fucking Halloween as Ronnie. Uh, much better. Anything would be better than uh, spunk all over them flappy titties. So <laughs> that's good. See, that's the kind of dialogue we get around these parts. And but again, I love the opening credits using Midnight Rider. Great song. Great, perfect for this movie for this setting. So all credit there. There were a couple things I didn't like. You guys kind of already touched it. You know, with the again incompetent police work in a goddamn horror movie. I'm sick of this shit. And then. Uh, Hey, Mike, Brad Dorf wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Brad, yeah, that's the best horror movie cop ever, which happened to be a Rob Zombie movie. So there you go. See? All credit to Rob. All right. But Thank now, you. 
I agree with your nitpick about Tiny. This really bugs me. As this is like the only time we see him until we see him again, and you'll know what we mean when we get there if you've never seen it. Oh, but brother. It's a huge fucking nitpick of mine. It really bugs me. It may, it ended up making ugh, such a fucking th- Look, I actually love the character of Mother Firefly. Like, I love that character in this movie. I think I think Leslie Easterbrook is actually better than Karen Black was in House of a Thousand Corpses. That's just a preference. But, uh, yeah, man, these scenes are good. Like, these scenes... I don't mind. I, I like that they give you, like you said, a taste of the Firefly family. You could never watch House of a Thousand Corpses, turn this movie on, and you already got a taste of what's to come. So I do like that aspect of it as well. So um, no real big gripes with these scenes other than incompetent police work. And again, I'm not against full frontal nudity. We already talked about that. How we know seven with Christine Cleve. I'm just saying. Did we have to see a naked dead girl drug for about eight minutes? That's ridiculous. How else are you going to know how sick this family is? God. I don't know. Maybe 10 <laughs> seconds is enough. God damn. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, yeah, that's okay. Go ahead. All right. Um, <laughs> new, all right now we're at a new scene, and the sheriff says look through the house with a fine tooth comb. It's the worst crime scene I've ever seen, the news reporter says. Now we cut to Captain Spaulding getting rode. He's having sex with this chick. Uh, he calls her a whore, and then she pulls a gun on him. Then all of a sudden, he wakes up, and it was just a dream. <laughs> and I wrote, that his, real wa- his real wife is wolf. <laughs> hey, we all need loving. They start sure watching. she's a nice lady. They start, Captain Spaulding and his wife, they start watching him on TV as commercial. Then we get a breaking news. The sheriff, we, get, we see the sheriff in the crime scene. Baby calls and tells Spaulding, they got to leave now. They're meeting at a motel. Sheriff gives a warning to them, and then Spalding, he drives off as he hates on his wife, and the news reveals the suspects. Now, we get to the hotel, and Charlie complains to his whore that she didn't make enough money. Spalding calls Charlie to tell him he's coming there to hide out. Otis and Baby get to the Kahiki Motel. We see another, you know, group. They're checking into a room. I'm sorry. I should have wrote all their names down. And then I wrote, this group has a wonderful conversation right now, too. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not a huge fan of the dialogue Rob Zombie writes. <laughs> Baby asks the guy for a light at the ice machine, and Baby's flirting with him. In the room now, we see another naked woman in the shower, and the others are watching TV. Otis sneaks behind the guy at the ice machine with a gun, and we get a really loud score as Baby and Otis invade the room. Otis pulls the woman out of the shower, and the other guy gets to the room. This is Brian Posehn, and Otis kills, his name is Jimmy. Otis kills him instantly by shooting him through the head. Spalding hijacks a mom's car as his truck runs out of gas. And, you know, he backhands the hell out of her and he gets into the car and he asks the kid, don't you like clowns, kid? And baby is being annoying as shit in the room, taunting the hostages. Otis forces the woman to strip or he'll kill one of them. Otis fondles her. He puts the gun in her underwear. Otis has the two men leave with him. Uh, Brian, you want to go first on those two scenes? I'm sorry. I just never thought I'd re- I'd hear you read, and Otis puts the gun in her underwear on the show. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's the nice way to put it, dude. It really <laughs> he, left, he left out the most disturbing part, so yeah. yeah I'm hey, I'm going to let y'all get into the most yeah, disturbing part. Yeah, we'll get part. to it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, when, whenever I, I crack my ass up, like, I really like Spalding in this movie, honestly, because especially this line where, bad dream, eh, 50-50. That shit, made, that oh, shit made, that cracked me up. Um. <laughs> By the way, Natasha Leone from American Pie was originally slated to play Candy, but uh, was replaced by Elizabeth Daly, who also otherwise known as Pee Wee Herman's girlfriend. So honestly, that's that that ruined my childhood right there too. It's really fucking weird. 
<laughs> um, the camera, I, one of the complaint I had here, the camera during the baby conversation with Roy is like super zoomed in. It was almost too far to me, um, which I don't have a problem with the shaky pan. Like I said, I liked it, but zoomed in like that was a little bit too much for me. And um, uh, lastly, uh, or not lastly, but um, honestly, I wrote down uh, Spalding only hitting the mom, which PJ Souls from uh, with Linda from the original Halloween. Which, by the way, PJ, check with your agent because I've been trying to get you on the show, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure she listens to this all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, hitting her and cussing at the kid to steal the car, I was like, that's it? Wow, I thought this was a Rob Zombie movie. I'm sure there's some alternate cut somewhere where he decapitates the mom and runs the kid over or something laying around somewhere in the eight trips to the MPAA. But I was a little bit I was a little bit sh- shocked that that's all she got was punch. Um and lastly, man, I don't really even have anything to say about that. That Otis and Wendy shit was really hard to watch, to be honest. Like, this this is the shit in the zombie movies that just kind of ruins the whole thing for me. That's just where it's just over the top some part. Like, over the, and you know, in the rape part and stuff like that. So that, to me, that that went a little bit too far for, for my taste. Go, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so right off the bat, I I, I like these early scenes with Captain Spaulding. Like, like you said, the 50-50 line is great. <laughs> By the way, but but what I will say is I did not need an eight minute sex scene with Sid Hay. I didn't need that. Damn it, man. Ugh. Anyway, I did like that it was all a dream, and normally I don't like that, but I I kind of like to hear so it worked. Um, I like the scene where he sees his commercial. <laughs> you know, he paid a lot of money for that shit, and he gets all mad. I, I like that, so that's good. Um, again, Ken Foray, Joe Grizzly, bitch, up in here, so. Big props in any movie he's in. He could have had a bigger role. That would have been fine with me. Um, okay. I'm supposed to like the Sullivans, right? Okay. I'm supposed to like Roy Sullivan. Well, I don't because he just openly tried to cheat on his wife right there at the goddamn ice machine. So I don't like him already. I like Gloria, which, by the way, it's uh, that scene, like you said, Brian, that's a little – even for me, you can handle a lot. It – it's seriously a little fucking sick. Like, it, it just doesn't come off well. By the way, shout out to uh, Priscilla Barnes, who played Gloria. She's in excellent shape. She had a freaking four-pack and everything, man. She she works out her she works her ass off. Anyway, but I those scenes are kind of just sick to me, man. And, it, you know, maybe Sherry Moon played it this way on purpose. I don't know. But she is so goddamn annoying here, man. Like, it is just too far for me so i think it's the dialogue that kind of again weighs these scenes down nothing about the direction is bad to me except for the real zoomed in scene that you talked about brian that's a it's a little annoying but it's a nitpick but outside of that it's not that i think any of this is shot bad i I like the background i like the hotel we're in you know you know it's very dark and gritty and all that i'm i'm a fan of that but some of this all this stuff is just too far, even for me, man. And 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 I can just about handle any damn thing. I the other night I watched Cannibal Holocaust, so that kind of lets you know my limit here. Wow. <laughs> so, but even for me, this was, ugh, it, it made me uncomfortable. So, but uh, everything else, I I'll give a thumbs up to, especially Captain Spaulding, because again, the one likable character in this whole goddamn movie. All right. So the point of a horror film is to get you to hate the villain, right? Right. Do a good job. Did you not hate Otis after that hotel scene or oh, that motel hey. scene? Yeah. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. It was it was uncomfortable to watch, but I think that it may be unbiased because I may have torn this apart had I not liked this movie. But uh, 
I think that if you're wanting to build on true horror and real life terror situations, God, could you imagine like how intense that would be, like how terrifying that would be, how mortifying that that whole scenario would be. No doubt. Um, and as far as baby goes, yeah, she's annoying as fuck, but her name is baby. She's immature. She's a narcissist. She's a sociopath. I think that it was intentional because I think that she has like, she's, has the mindset of a toddler at times when she's childish and everything, but she's also a sociopath that will kill you and laugh in your face. And the scene where, like Nico said, he puts a gun down the underwear and stuff. I mean, Jesus, that was so uncomfortable. And then she, you know, he forces her to perform actions on him. And we'll leave it at that. But then when baby just plops down on the bed and goes, boy, we're really getting to know each other, aren't we? It's like Jesus. Okay, like that's why I think it's intentional, Doctor, how she portrayed the character and how the character was written. Um, Spalding is Spalding and Otis are the are the stars of this movie, though, um, for different reasons. Spalding is almost likable. Like he's the villain that he's he's the least fucked up of, of the of them all. Like he lets the kid go. Right. Like I'm gonna come back here and you better have a good goddamn reason for why you hate clowns. <laughs> I love and this. like he he let the kid and the mom go. So you're like okay maybe he does have some compassion. He didn't kill this family. Uh, but Otis, you can see Otis is the worst kind of serial killer. Like he does not give a single fuck and he will kill everyone. And the scene where uh you know Roy. <laughs> Roy, poor Roy, man. He just wanted to be a rodeo clown. And <laughs> he gets brought into the room, seduced in the room by baby. No, come on in. And then wow. he's in the room for five seconds and he's got a bullet in his head. Jesus. And the way that, uh, what was his name? Adam, the way, or, the way, the way he yeah. just projectile vomited is like, that was almost comedic to me. Because, but also, if you watch that scene, you've got four people reacting and they all four reacted a different way you've got him where he just pukes and he's all just like sick to his stomach by it roy is like looks like he's on the verge of tears uh the woman that they grabbed out of the shower she's like numb to it she doesn't even make a make a scene at all and then roy's wife is just hysterically crying so i thought that was a brilliant way that's like a subtle way to show that everybody handles traumatic experiences differently and it was captured without they didn't leave the camera on it. You didn't, you know, they didn't focus on it, but like shove it down your throat. Hey, right. look at how we're shooting this. It was subtle. It was quick and it was well done. Uh, we got another new scene and now we're with the sheriff. He's interrogating mama. I just call her mama firefly. That's the only thing I think IMDB had her listed as, uh, she tries to like flirt with him. It seems. And he shows her like all the books and diaries that they kept, uh, says reveal where they are. And the sheriff backhands her as she taunts him with pictures of a dead Wydell, a family member of his. Sheriff says he's going to skin them alive. And I wrote the mother, she's really annoying too in this. Otis and the other two guys are driving in the van. He insults the man saying his gun smells like his wife. And uh, yeah, his wife, you know. And he insults the other man about his wife too. The two men attack Otis. Uh, I think it was a- Adam hits Otis in the back of the head with like a big log or something. Yep. But... Uh, Otis manages to stab Adam, <laughs> and then he uses the gun in Roy's hand and shoots him in the neck. He bludgeons, uh, I'm trying to remember, he bludgeons Roy with a pistol. He spits and he spits blood, and then Adam spits blood in Otis's face. He has the other man pray, and then he mocks him. And I, re- I will say, 
that I really like Bill Mosley Otis in this when he says, I am the devil and here to do the devil's work. He then beats the man's head in and with the log. He then gets on top of Adam and he cuts his face off. Back in the room with Baby and the two women, Baby says she wants something in return if you want to go pee. He hits, she hits her in the face, she says. The first two hits aren't good enough. She makes her kneel, kiss her, and says, thank, baby, having, thank you, baby, for having a good time. She goes in the bathroom. There's a horrible score as the bathroom lady tries to escape. The other lady grabs the gun but doesn't shoot. Baby throws the knife into her chest. And the other lady runs out of the room screaming for help, and she runs into Spalding and gets headbutted and drugged back into the room. That's the next two scenes I got wrote down. Dustin, you want to go first, brother? Yeah, sure, I'll go first. So, yeah, that the uh, scene where the cop is interrogating Mama Firefly, like, that's, oh, my God. Like, that's the epitome of being pushed to your limit. Like, he's, he's, he's really wanting to – I don't actually know that he ever straddled the line of trying to be a good cop or not. He just wants to kill them all. <laughs> yeah, but know. the fact that he's just like, all right, I'm just going to beat shit off her right in front of all my, all my compadres here. <laughs> uh, she really got under his skin and rightfully so. I mean, taunting him with the, with the dead relatives pictures. Um, going back to Otis is driving uh, Adam and Roy out to the middle of the desert. <laughs> like Otis is such a sick fuck. <laughs> he's like, well, I guess I'll go ahead and tell you now. We're going to go out here and dig up these guns I buried some years ago. And then what? Well, there is no then what? And he's like, well, you're just going to kill us? Like, I thought that Otis did a good, like, Bill Mosley killed this scene. When he's on top of Adam and Adam's like, fuck you. Because, yeah, that's what they all say. But guess what? You know, it's not going to save you. And then he beats the shit out of Roy and tells him to pray. And then when he drops that line, like Nico said, that's actually a play off of Charles Watson. Charles Watson was a member of the uh, Manson family. And that was a quote that he used to say when he would murder his victims. He would say, I'm the devil here to do the devil's business. So it's like a play on that. But still, it's very good symbolism there from Rob Zombie to incorporate that into the film. And then you go back to the room the scene where she's like, they ain't got no bullets, stupid. It's all mind games. Like that's just furthers how deranged these people are. Like you're holding these people hostage with a gun that doesn't have any bullets in it. And that's just shows you when you're really scared shitless, you don't, you don't have time to think about that. You don't have time to even consider that be an option. And shout out to shout out to baby for that knife throwing skill. I mean, that's pretty impressive just to throw a knife like that underhanded and stab her right in the heart. That was impressive. Not as good as Morgan Freeman, but anyway. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, then of all people, you know, she thinks, oh, thank God I'm getting away. And here's someone I've banged on 19,000 motel doors and no one seems to be checked into this motel. But here's a nice gentleman in clown makeup in the parking lot. He's sure to save me. <laughs> of all people, you got to run towards the clown lady. But uh, uh, yeah, that, that I. I enjoy these scenes. Uh, the scene with Otis in the desert with Adam and Roy, they that's some, some of my favorite scenes because it just proves that Otis is such a badass. Like the way he's able to fight off, like he gets the shit knocked out of him with that with that uh, club and just still just fights back and kills them both. He's, he's a badass. And fun fact, the blue van there, the blue van that was uh, the band's van, the license place is AKU, 
AKU or Aku, Aku, I'm not sure how they say it in Japan, but that's actually the Japanese word for evil. Mm. So it was interesting. That is interesting. Uh, I just want to apologize for kind of butchering that a little bit, trying to remember the names, but I agree with you, Dustin. I think Otis, Otis was really good in that spot. I, I really enjoyed his acting, and you really felt the the evil, the fear, whenever he gave that line. I really I agree with you on that. Go, go ahead, Mike. That, that line stuck with me. I agree with that 100%. And by the way, I I never I never railed on Bill Mosley, the actor. He does this character really well. I think sometimes the lines he's given sucks. This one is not one of those, though. Uh, I, I agree with, with both of you. I really like that line. And I guess this is the job of what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make me hate this family. And, and if that's their goal, that's great because I do. I, I Look, Freddy Krueger is a child-molesting, child-murdering burnt freakazoid person and i like him more than i do otis so that's exactly. how much I, that's a i will give them credit for making me not like this character at all in a in a good way um i like okay so again i like william forsyth and i like the the woman who plays mama firefly here but i don't like they're talking back and forth it's weird it, it, it's <laughs> annoying it's annoying like I like the portrayals, the acting portrayals, but the dialogue, I hate to harp on it, but it, it just, I don't like the lines. They don't work for me. There's like a weird pseudo sexual tension thing that I just don't care about. So that interrogation scene didn't do a whole lot for me. It's well acted. I just don't like the, the, the talking there. Um, the scene with baby, first of all, why do you want something in, re- in return for having someone go pee? How about the room not smelling like piss? It's a great fucking place to start. Okay, I'm just saying that's fucking weird, bro. Like, no, yeah. she said it doesn't matter to her if she pisses her pants. The room's gonna. Okay, well, well, that's my point. That <laughs> these people are fucking weird. Anyway, but so that's the so so some of that I'm okay with. Like I actually think that when Sherry Moon kind of has to carry these scenes as far as being the lead, it's okay. It's not great, but it's probably maybe her best acting in this movie. So yeah. a little tip of the so a little tip of the cap, um, you know the scene with God. I feel so bad for Gloria in this whole movie. This scene is also super fucking uncomfortable. She's in her underwear. She's standing there, and in horror movie fashion, she doesn't shoot at first, even though it wouldn't have helped, obviously. But common sense says shoot this motherfucker. But you're too, you know, you've been in this bad situation, so you're kind of nervous and all that stuff. So I mean. Logic kind of goes out the window. I don't hate these scenes, but man, that and I love I, I love Otis. I love that scene. He kills both of them. By the way, they had a stupid plan to a really stupid plan to take out Otis. It's fucking ridiculous. And you, you've got one old guy and a guy that weighs like a buck ten soaking wet. So good luck with that. That did not work. So um, I like those scenes. I don't necessarily love the interrogation scene only because I don't. I don't care about these two trying to – or Mama Firefly trying to get the dick from from uh, Sheriff Wydell. It just didn't work for me. So, But outside of that, I, I do enjoy these scenes. I don't know. I didn't take it as she was trying to get the dick, just trying to just fuck with him just because she's kind of psycho and just messed up. That's kind of what I took of that. But I, I get what you're saying there for sure. Uh, by the way, I'm just checking. Being kin to the victim from House of Thousand Corpses – and backhanding somebody in police custody would usually get you removed from a case, right? If you're a cop, just just checking. I was just making sure that that was uh, we're still in reality. 78, brother. It's the wild, That's, wild uh, west. Oh, <laughs> it is 78. 
Um, and honestly, I'm like, I, like Mike kind of touched on a little bit. I'm sure it was her direction because I remember Leslie Easterbrook from Police Academy movies. So I know that she has some acting chops. But that scene in the police station with Waddell was cringeworthy to me. And I didn't I was like, I, don't, I can't even hardly explain it. It was like over the top. It wasn't even maybe the dialogue. It was like basically the way she delivered it. So I don't yeah. re- like I said, though, I don't I don't know. That might have been how they were trying to have her act. So I don't know. Um, you know, Otis had great, it was, yeah, I mimic everything you guys said with him, but man, the, the dumbasses Roy and Adam, honestly, to me, (laughs) they deserve to die and fucking Roy is worthless. I mean, Mm -hmm. how, how weak do you have to be? I mean, he beats him down with a piece of wood while Roy stands there with his thumb up his ass and the guns laying there right in front of him. Just terrible. It drove me crazy. And they still can't, they still can't kill him and escape. Um, and the last thing I had written down, honestly, for this group of scenes, exactly what Mike said about Sherry Moon zombies acting, where she basically has to carry that little scene in, in the back in the bedroom. But and, and I even wrote down, I was like, well, I, this it actually wasn't bad. You know, you actually see some flashes and and uh, of really good uh, Sherry Moon zombie acting. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and this was one of them. I'll say this before we move on to the next scene. You two. Or Mike specifically have clearly never held people hostage. You want to keep no, everybody. I've never the, held people hostage. <laughs> you want to keep everybody that. in the same room. That's another reason why she wanted something in return for letting me use the bathrooms, because she lets one of them out of their sight. It increases the chances of them getting away or concocting a plan. Keep them both it. in your line of sight. Come on. I get it, but I don't want to smell piss on the floor. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> hey, you saw you saw the house they they lived in. Yeah, you brother. saw the I house. I don't think they care good about point. piss. That's a good point. <laughs> There's probably shit everywhere on that house. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, the deputy, deputy and the sheriff, they're investigating Captain Spaulding. He's, the sheriff says to get the movie expert there ASAP. Baby and Spaulding, they drag the other woman into the room. The movie expert brings all the major Marx Brothers movies. Sheriff is getting pissed. And I wrote, my guy, the sheriff, he loves him some Elvis Presley, apparently. The woman is now bound and gagged to the hotel bed. Otis shows up with a new face on. Otis and Spaulding begin to argue. Otis tortures the woman bound to the bed by putting her husband's face on her face. And then they leave. The maid shows up and she sees the dead bodies in the room. And she goes in the bathroom and she sees the dead bodies in the bathtub. And the words, the devil's rejects are written in blood on the wall. The woman, the wife, she, she was hung up on the door. But she attacks the maid with her husband's face on her still. And the maid runs out. And then the lady runs out into the middle of the road and she's hit by a semi-truck. Sheriff and the police show up to the motel. The sheriff asks the maid if she recognizes the three pictures, you know, their mugshots. Sheriff gives Rondo and Diamond Dallas Page some names they need to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> the three fireflies Bye. leave in the van. Shout out my man DDP. Some DDP, real nostalgia <laughs> right there. Uh, some more good dialogue between the three of them in the van. I wrote the words, Tootie Fruity. Sheriff oh. goes back to the firefly house, he goes to the basement. He hears a man talking. He thinks it's Spaulding, but it's another officer. He says, I live here now, he says. And it's George, his brother, who was, or his family member who was killed. Sheriff wakes up. It was all just a dream sequence. He gets a call from Rondo. Rondo says he thinks he, he, they found what they need. And then he tells DDP, shit's on. Sheriff is with Mama Firefly again. Mama is horny, it seems. He kisses her lips as he pulls the knife out of her, killing her. The Fireflies get to Charlie's fun town. Charlie pulls a gun on them as they walk up. It's a, it's just a water gun. You know, uh, Otis and Baby, they're all freaking out. Like, you brought us in there, here to this shit? But then Otis, or Captain Spaulding and Charlie, they hug and they laugh. 
they all go into the bar and all start partying. And it intercuts with the sheriff talking to himself in the mirror. I really like, I'm just going to say this, uh, get this out there. I do like Sheriff Wide, though. I think he's pretty cool in this movie, really except at the ending when he fumbles yeah. the bag. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> yeah, so movie expert, obviously, zombie giving a big fuck you to the critics mm-hmm. there with that guy, yes, which sir. I don't blame him. I mean, I'm not a big fan of his movies either, but movie critics, movie reviewers, movie podcasters, they're the worst, am I right? Uh, plus, the. <laughs> Plus, that dude looks like the fucking bad guy from Sonic the Hedgehog. Just FYI. <laughs> um, and, man, that that's so fucking stupid. The maid being chased by Wendy, but she never bothers at all to remove the face of your dead husband from your face, and then you get hit by a truck. Okay. By, by the way, thank you, Rob Zombie, for showing literally every single little detail of that death. That was pretty <laughs> That was pretty impressive, actually. And also the line about explosive diarrhea. That was Oscar-worthy line right there, too. Um but here we go. Like we get Diamond motherfucking Dallas Page and Danny Trejo. Hey, these are the high points, and I'm here for it. Um, apparently, uh, fun fact: Chris Jericho also auditioned for that role, and Zombie turned him down, saying he was quote unquote too pretty. But honestly, give me Trejo any day of the week. Love that guy. But I would love to see a spinoff with just DDP and Trejo hunting people down. Yeah, I have that wrote down too. Give, give me, me that fuck- shit yesterday. I want that yesterday. Hell Dude, yeah. I would even take a buddy cop version of that. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, my man kills a prisoner in the middle of the police station, but if anybody has any issues with that, we definitely don't see that anywhere in the movie. Um, and this is going to show my nerd a little bit and I don't really care for him a whole lot, but if you've, if you've seen the star Wars movies, when they get to Charlie's and the whole bit between Charlie and Spalding is basically the Rob zombie white trash version of Han Solo meeting Lando at cloud city. It's almost the exact same thing. (laughs) Um, so and the line, I set my standards pretty low, so I'm never disappointed. And that reminded me of somebody that, you know, we know personally. Hey, Just, hey, what's, <laughs> hey, hey, what happened here? Hey, hey, what's going on? All right. Hey, what go, the hell happened in here? <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. I think he was talking about you, brother. Oh, no, no. I, I didn't say anything about Mike. No. I would. I, 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 I don't know what y'all are talking about. It's not Mike. Okay. No, 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 no. Of course not. Okay. So, I, I, man, we. it's almost like we think alike a lot of the time, even though lately we haven't agreed. But... When it comes to these sets of scenes, we kind of have the same shit written down outside the Star Wars stuff because I don't know what that means. But um, the movie expert stuff, it was literally in this movie to give a middle finger to movie critics, which I'm fine with. Yeah, absolutely. It it doesn't bother me. I would have cut it maybe a little short, but it's not like this big glaring issue with the movie. There's more here to come. Not in this set of scenes. I actually like this set of scenes. Not the dialogue. I'm not going to keep railing on it. But I, I, I like some of the scenes, the scenarios that these characters are put in. I like Otis coming in with the guy's face on his face. That Again, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-y of him, and that's very good influence. I like that little subtle touch. Um, the maid, God bless her heart, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Sh- shower girl hit by the truck. You survived the Firefly family. And you run out into the middle of the street and get hit by a fucking truck? Oh, God damn. She deserved it. At that point, yeah. See ya. Yeah, yeah you're out of here, pal. Um, by the way, I agree with you. I know I already said it, but Trejo and DDP can give me a whole spinoff series on Netflix that I would watch and devour. It would be awesome to see those two go and have – not necessarily like a played for last buddy cop thing, but you know, with some dark comedy in there. That would be fucking awesome. Um 
the Tutti Fruity scene can kiss my ass. That scene fucking sucks. It, <laughs> it's annoying as hell. And what the only thing I wish they would have done if they were going to go this route is put an ice cream cone in Otis's hand too. Like that shit would have been fucking funny. There's some really dark comedy there. Like agreed. That, yeah, that would agree with that. That would have made me laugh really fucking hard had they put an ice cream cone in Otis's hand. So I I uh and again some more Ken Foray when she was in it a little bit more. But I love I love that scene. I think that's it builds tension, it builds suspense, and surprise, it's a water gun. Like that's good dark comedy placed in a horror movie. So kind of lightens up the mood a little bit because we're about to go into some 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 shit. Some shit's about to hit the fan. So. Outside of Tutti Fruity, I really like that collection of scenes. Like, I think it's probably my favorite chunk of the movie so far. Yeah, I'm 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 still laughing on the inside about the movie credit being called Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog, but uh, I agree. I mean, making him making him that over the top and like that whole ah, scene was see? just a big middle finger. And but it was it was. It was funny. Like that guy was hilarious. <laughs> if you weren't a cop, I'd wring your neck. Hey, you watch your tone. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I hated that part. This is this scene is actually my the biggest problem I have with dialogue in the whole film is this collection of scenes because between that and you know him, Waddell saying, "Hey, you watch your mouth when it comes to Elvis Aaron Presley," and it's just like, yeah. God, come on, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Otis coming in, bringing, wearing the husband's face, like, God, what a sick fuck. And then putting it on her face. Like, how traumatized would that uh, house cleaner, housekeeper be? Like, could you imagine walking into that shit show? You, you've got four guests in the entire ho- in the entire motel, and they're all slaughtered. And then one of them you actually watch happen when she runs out in the middle of the road. That I have a big pet peeve with that that death spoiler alert that's going to be my least favorite kill because well oh, come on like no, of I all agree. this shit but I, it's so well done though like the the gore and the the violence and the just nasty showing the entire intestine stretched out on the highway like that's very good effects but the practicality of it like she just like you said she didn't pull the face off to try to see where she's going uh she just runs out in the middle of the road which i get it trying to get someone to stop but you're not going to turn around and see a big-ass truck. And then, as, and then as a truck driver, you see this woman stand out in the middle of the road. You are you clearly have a head of steam. You you have plenty, you know, it's not like you just pulled out. You don't have time to stop or swerve or something. You just plow through. You didn't even honk the horn, inconsiderate asshole. And then uh, going on, DDP, shout out. I was really hoping that you would hit someone with a diamond cutter in this oh, film. Yes. Dude, uh, I wrote the same thing. Yeah, I wrote the same thing. <laughs> The the tutti frutti scene. So not to not to beat a dead horse and harp on it too much, but no, go ahead. <laughs> my problem with the tutti frutti scene is not necessarily baby. No. Because she's doing exactly like I said earlier. She they're depicting her as this mentally incapable adult. Like she has the mindset of a child, and for her to just that's exactly how a kid would be if you're going down the road and they want some ice cream tutti frutti, you know. Obviously not dropping the F-bomb as much as she and Well, I mean, if they do, that's your business. You're a parent, not me. But the fact that Otis is the dialogue I have the problem with, when he's like, yes, I've calculated and exactly two minutes is a detriment to my fucking health. Otis's dialogue, is. this is the one scene in the film where I have a problem with the way that it's written for him. You can depict that you're annoyed and you're not stopping for ice cream without... People don't talk like that. I don't, like, I don't, I've never heard someone talk 
in the right. manner that he talks in these scenes. So there's my my uh, issue with that scene. Um, Sheriff killing Mama Firefly. I mean, yeah, that was that lets you know that Waddell he's not with the shits. <laughs> he came into this he came into this with a with a goal in mind, and he's gonna see it through. Uh, it lets you know that he is not joking at all. Then when the fireflies show up to Charlie's, I thought this was well done. I know what Brian said, you know, the (laughs) white trash, as he so eloquently put it, the white trash take on the star Wars scene. But (laughs) if, you know, flashback to earlier in the scene, Charlie didn't want them coming down. And Spalding got off the phone without saying bye. He just like, we're on our fucking way and drops the phone. And so the, when they do show up, and he pulls the gun, it almost leads you to believe if you, you know, oh shit, is this real? And so that, I thought that was a nice re- uh, moment of relief, a nice little like, whew, moment. Like I thought this movie was over right there without Waddell even getting his 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 vengeance. But uh, the water gun, that was, that got a kick out of me. That, that's yeah. that's something that I would do to my friends. Like just pull a gun, just squirt him water, you know, that's, that's funny to me. Um, shit, that's dangerous as fuck though. Knowing how crazy Otis is, I'm surprised he didn't just start shooting. <laughs> right. Uh, Otis is, and I've said it, if I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. Otis is a sick fuck and he is a horn dog. <laughs> Jesus, man, you just got off the road and your first thought is I'm looking at you, mama. Like, whew, all right. But yeah, he did deliver an all time line. He's like, I always set my standards low, so I'm never disappointed. <laughs> I can relate, brother. But anyway, yeah, they were talking ahead. about you. It couldn't possibly be oh, anybody else. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, now Charlie. I'm sorry, Dustin. Charlie, now Charlie, he's trying to buy some chickens, and the guy asks they're going to fuck the chickens. Wow. And I wrote, "Oh, brother, to this dialogue. <laughs> oh, this that scene sucks ass." Well, now Char- Charlie, yeah. and then Charlie and his, his assistant drive off, and the sheriff stops in front of Charlie's car. He asks him about Captain Spaulding. He smashes Charlie's hand in the car and says to have the three of them ready at midnight or he'll kill them. DDP, Rondo, and Sheriff are grilling some burgers, and he tells them to stay focused on business because they offer him, like, beer and all that. And Rondo, he breaks up DDP and the Sheriff's argument because they're about to throw hands, it looks like. And then the Sheriff says, I want them alive just enough so I can piss on them. Back to Charlie's. Charlie and Spalding, they're, you know, they're shooting the shit, snorting some coke, and then Charlie, he walks out. The three fireflies are all just hanging out at Charlie's. Rondo and DDP, they invade. They kill the two whores, and then they capture Otis and Baby. The sheriff walks in. He takes a shot of liquor, and he confronts Spalding. He shoots him. Business is business, baby, Charlie tells him. They put the fireflies in the truck. They take them to the firefly house. He binds them all to chairs, and and, he, and the sheriff starts preaching at them. He shows them all the pictures and the diaries and all that, and he starts stapling the pictures of the victims to Otis. And then he staples a picture to Baby, and then he breaks a bottle over Otis's head. And the next two scenes are the ending. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first, brother? Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I already screamed it out. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but God almighty, the dialogue is de-drizzling shits in that chicken scene. That fucking sucks, man. <laughs> I don't know why that was left in. Like, I, I, you can cut that out. That don't make any damn sense. Um, again, I will give Ken Foray credit though, because I like I like him as an actor, so he's fine. It just he's not giving very great dialogue. So, eh, God Almighty, just completely cut that scene out and pretend it doesn't exist. And yeah. it's an immediately better movie by, uh, by proxy. So, 
Um, you know, the scene where Sheriff meets with the DDP, where, with the DDP, well, he is kind of the he DDP. He is the DDP, he? DDP, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Danny Trejo. I, I, um, I don't have a lot of notes there just because it's just kind of a lot of dialogue and stuff. But it's fine. Like, it doesn't take away or add anything. It's just kind of there. But I like when they capture the fireflies. And like you said, it's just business, baby. Like, I like all that. I think it's good. Uh, I just like <laughs> I like how Charlie just goes back to his fuck. Well, I'm going to go back to what I was doing now. Like, I like that a lot. And I like how sick. By the way, we've seen this entire film how sick the firefly family is. But Sheriff Waddell's a sick fucker too, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get to see it right here. And and I I like that. Like I didn't necessarily see that coming. Uh, now it doesn't quite pan out in the closing scenes the way I would have wanted it. But I will I, I like that they gave him that edge. To me, he's just as sick as these fuckers. So they've met a, a nice counterpart. So uh I I, I like uh William Forsythe in these scenes. He stay you know, you could I this is where gore is good, where he's stapling the pictures mm-hmm. to him and stuff. The gore is really good. It, it plays really well. So really enjoy those scene, uh, that that part of these scenes the best. But it's weird in this set of scenes, you go from the worst scene in the movie to one of my favorites. So, you know, that's kind of where this movie is, in my opinion. Just a bumpy ass ride. <laughs> go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I want to applaud William Forsythe's acting here, honestly, for sure. I think he does a great job, honestly. His character doesn't make the best choices, you know, in the movie, but but he, William Forsythe as an actor, I think, does a great job, honestly, portraying him in this in this whole flick. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly looking for the right words to say about the whole exchange with the fucking chickens, but, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I'm at a loss for words about it. I mean, really, I, I I'll just move I'll just move on. But, by the way, no way any human being puts their hand on that open door like charlie does just to have it slammed on his hand nobody does that but that uh if you know what i'm talking about whenever the uh, sheriff shuts it slams a, the door on his hand i guess to convince him to to betray them but uh um I, this is where i wrote uh during the raid i wrote honestly i'm disappointed that we get zero diamond cutters from ddp exactly the same <laughs> thing dustin i wrote it right there um because i would have been perfect and uh the last thing I have, and it's a good thing, is the moment between Spalding and Charlie, honestly, to me, is really good. I think I, I really believe they're friends right there. Uh, it's good acting. It's good writing right there. And honestly, I like the montage of the raid up against that soundtrack. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie as well. Um, there's a, there's just a whole lot that really works right there, and I really enjoyed that part. So the scene with the chickens, I... I get it. You had to have an excuse to have Charlie and Cleavon out, you know, out in a way so you can corner them and let them know what the jig is. But the dialogue, like, first of all, <laughs> you could have them, you could just show them pulling off from the chicken stand with chickens. You don't even have to show them interacting, interacting with that redneck at all. Right. That being said, it was funny. <laughs> You're going to fuck these chickens. Like, <laughs> It was it was it was funny, but it didn't belong. It was trash. It was funny for the wrong reasons. And but I will I will give a shout out to Michael Berryman. I'm glad that he got some dialogue in this film. And uh, you know he's been in movies as far as back as the uh, you know the old original Hills Have Eyes. And mm-hmm. he got to show a, a lighter side in this film. Like going back to earlier, it was like droid when he's talking about Star Wars. They're, they're called droids, boss. And so I, I liked his character in this. He's like the the simple helper that doesn't know any better. And he, he seems so innocent in the film. It, it's funny. Uh, that being said, 
we're going to have to put some respect on Rondo and Michael Ray Snappers or uh, Billy Ray Snappers names. They are the unholy two. That is not DDP and it's not Danny Trejo. But anyway, uh, yeah, they should oh have hit. <laughs> it's like Morgan Freeman. It, you're going to be Morgan Freeman no matter what you, <laughs> That's no matter very what true. you're playing. No. <laughs> Oh, no, Danny Trejo because, is the same way, by the way. He's no, not, Danny right. Trejo is not Danny Trejo to me. He's Octavio from King of the Hill. But oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, these scenes are great. I really like, like you said, Waddell. He acted his ass off in that. And as if they hadn't done it enough already, just furthering and really driving that nail home that Otis is a sick fuck. He's showing him the pictures. He's like, yeah, she doesn't look so fuckable now, does she? He's like, well, actually, she kind of does. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And then he talked about how he had her tied to his bed for weeks after that. It's like, Jesus, man, okay. This guy does need to, need to die. Like, There needs to be no more of him in the world. And then after seeing him go through the torment of having the picture stapled to his chest, pulls out another one, and Baby instantly goes from Oh, please stop. Stop. You're hurting him to. Yeah, that one's mine. I killed her. Yeah, that, give me that one. Like that just shows the deranged nature of this family even more. So I thought that was a really good job by zombie to uh, to further drive that that point home. And yeah, overall, like you said, it goes from just the absolute worst part, the low point in the entire film with the chicken fucking dialogue to an incredible set of scenes. Yeah, I, re- I really like. Sheriff Waddell and then that scene. He, like I said, he fumbles the bag though in this next one. Uh, all right, here's the finale, guys. I, I wrote the sheriff is drinking way too much right now. <laughs> he shows him a picture of you know his family member George. It's falling his shop and beaten with a cow prod, and then he beats Otis with it. He shows Baby a pic of her mom and describes how he killed her. He nails Otis's hands to the chair like crucifixion style. He sets baby free and she runs. He lights the house on fire with uh, Otis and Spalding still bound to their chairs. He now chases after baby through the cow pasture. Charlie is there and tells baby, we got to get you safe. Otis wakes up in the house. Charlie gets axed by the sheriff right in the chest. And then baby takes off running again. But the sheriff shoots her in the calf. Now he's beating her with a belt and he's on top of her choking her. And all of a sudden, Tiny appears out of nowhere, pulling the sheriff off of her. And, like, he breaks his neck, I guess, killing him. She sends Tiny in the house after Otis and Spalding. They all walk out together, and Tiny stays at the burning house as the other three drive off. And now Freebird is playing. Great song at the end. The three are driving off, and it shows flashes of them hanging out in the past. Otis stops the car in the middle of the road as we see a huge roadblock. Otis hands them guns. He hands, you know, Spalding and baby guns in the backseat. Otis drives at them, and they open fire on each other. And then the music cuts, and we see the fireflies getting shot as the end credits roll. I, I kind of I like the ending, uh, except uh, Tiny appearing out of nowhere, you know, an hour and 35 minutes later, I guess. Uh, but I, I like the ending with Freebird and them driving out the car. I did like that part. Uh, Dustin, this is your pick. Brother, do you want to go first on your thoughts, man? Sure, I'll go first. So yeah, um, the like you said, the fact where Tiny just reappears out of nowhere. I mean, they did allude to the fact that uh, you know they mentioned Tiny is still left behind at the house and he never joined him, but no communication with anyone, no reference to him for 
over an hour and a half, and then all of a sudden he shows up and just absolutely manhandles <laughs> Sheriff Waddell. And uh, there is a fun fact here about that scene. So when he's chasing Baby through the, the farm, he's going to run, run, little rabbit, run. That's a direct quote from House of a Thousand Corpses. Baby is chasing the girl in the bunny outfit. She says the exact same thing to her. And so that was a nice little callback to House of a Thousand Corpses. Now, granted, sure, uh, Waddell would have no way of knowing that that's what she said to her. But still, it was a cool little uh, cool little nod for the audience there. Um, yeah, the, the ending I thought was really well done. Free Bird, what a better... There, there couldn't have been a better choice of song for the ending of this because the Free Bird is such a beautiful song about you know free spirit and i'm traveling on and then the it goes to the guitar solo and it's such a chaotic guitar solo and i mean that in the best way possible that's one of the best songs that's ever been made but it's so 180 from the from the first portion of that song that it really sets up nicely with this like they're going in and they're having this moment in the car they're just okay this is our last ride and then as the gunfire starts Boom, here's the guitar solo. Mm-hmm. And they don't actually show that they died. So it could set up something later down the road, which we'd find out. Anyway, um, Three from Hell, man. And then... Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it eventually, one of these days. <laughs> and then one last note, Matthew McGrory, Tiny, passed away like two weeks after this film was completed. And so Rest in peace. His, this is his last film. And uh, seven foot six. So when I say he manhandled Sheriff Waddell, what a huge yep. beast of a man. And he probably could have really done that in real life. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like the, the way this movie, uh, they tie a bow on everything and set it up to where you're satisfied with the ending. I thought everything was well done in these these scenes here. He was great in uh, Big Fish in 2003, too, by the way. Like, he, yeah. He, he's, yeah, he was great. He was great. Brian, go ahead, brother. Okay. Um, so the Wydell torturing him scene, you know, I know Dewey is Dustin's territory. So my mention <laughs> does not count here as Dustin's mention. But uh, I feel like that this is the deputy Dewey we're going to get in Scream 5. Just taking his revenge, stapling people. Just he's going to go crazy in Scream 5. Uh, this is the fine this with me. <laughs> and uh, my guy Lando, I mean, Charlie, gets mistaken for Scatman Carruthers there and gets, <laughs> and gets the axe to the neck like just out of nowhere. I, I know what's up with them whacking dick two movies in a row, but anyway, <laughs> you did that on purpose. <laughs> oh, shit. But uh, and and okay, so they're all saved by Sackhead Jason Tiny and the car, yeah. but the car seats four people and they just leave him there. I mean, maybe there's some sort of something I'm missing from not seeing the other two in the trilogy or something, but like he just walks back into the house that's on fire. I mean, did he commit suicide? Is that what's implied there? I, I wasn't sure. That's I, honestly, I'm I'm genuinely I'm not real sure what happened there. And uh, but the Bonnie and Clyde ending, you know, basically, you know, Free Bird. Dustin touched on it. It's good no matter what scene it's in. So high marks for the soundtrack again. I mean, damn. But um, and, and that's what I had the question here for my last question, like because I genuinely don't know. But I was wondering how the hell they weren't all dead for the next one. And I was wondering if it was like a prequel or something, because I genuinely don't know and I hadn't seen it. But based on what you just said, I guess they supposedly didn't die from that. That's kind of. Yeah, they, they go to prison. 
Um, that's a stretch kind of, I think. But anyway, that's, yeah. that's kind of my thoughts on it. All right. So I, I, I love the way the, these last few scenes are shot. That is a big plus in my opinion. The way that Rob Zombie decides to use the camera here for the for the you know the torture scenes with uh, Sheriff Wydell and and then the car scene as well. I I love the way both are shot. So big props to the to the man behind the camera on that one. Okay. So I don't like the decision of it being tiny, although I do think he is a tip of the cap to Sackhead Jason. So I stand tiny. I stand here corrected. I think Sackhead Jason was the perfect villain to come save the day because that's the man. That's the best. That's the best Jason has ever been. All right, anyway, so what else? I just like to trigger these guys. So, um, I don't know why Charlie had to die. Damn it, man. Damn it. Do we have to do that? We don't have to fucking kill Ken for it. Joe Grizzly, bitch. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I like all that. I hate how stupid. Sheriff Waddell ends up being, just kill him. Just kill him. Ah, idiot. Stupid cops, horror movies, fucking hate it. Um, but you said it all, Dustin. The drive-off scene is fucking great to me. The yeah. Freebird, the way it's used, the way they they tie the song with the shot. It's yeah. almost like perfectly laid out, and I really, really enjoy that. I think it's really good. And this beat-up-ass old car... It's got blood everywhere. Like it's just a gross ass looking car with this gross ass looking family, and somehow, some way, they escape this shitty thing they just went through. I don't know if I'm supposed to be pulling for these guys, but I didn't. But I know there's a lot of people, a lot of fans of this movie that like follow the villains and pull for them in this movie. So that was probably a really cool scene for them. But I just meant the actual filmmaking aspect of that. I really, really enjoyed, and I like that they just kind of look at each other. Get the guns, say fuck it, let's go, and drive off right into their. Like I think that's, I love the way that shot and done. So I like the way they tie it in a bow. I haven't seen three from hell, so I don't really know where they go from there. But if this was the last one, it was a good way to end it off, in my opinion. Like that, that, that I really enjoyed the ending a lot, actually. And Freebird helps. Like this is where using movie or music in a movie really fucking works. Like I thought it was great. And I want to. Call back to something I said earlier. So about the uh, the accuracy of the cop shooting. I mean, that scene right there is what I was talking about. Here they, you've got 15 cops spread out across the road. You got three people in a car, and you must have let off 400 rounds. I mean, Jesus, the stormtroopers would have shot them by then. So, but anyway, and maybe David Gordon Green was was inspired to set House on Fire right here because of this movie. Sorry. <laughs> All right, boys, y'all. Get, anybody got any final thoughts on this film before we jump into fun facts? No, I'm good, man. Let's get it. All right, I only have three of them. We've already kind of said them. Uh, Otis' line, I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work, is a slightly altered version of a quote spoken by Manson family member Charles Watson during the infamous Tate murders. Uh, Rob Zombie stated in an interview that up until 31, a film in 2016, the Devil's Rejects was probably the hardest film of his to cut down in order to receive an R rating. And the last one is what Brian already said. Chris Jericho auditioned for the role of Rondo, but was told he was too pretty for the part, so Danny Trejo was cast instead. That's that's the only three I have. Does anybody else have fun facts? No, I've got that. some. You, but first of all, does that not hurt your feelings if you're Danny Trejo, knowing that you got it because you're, <laughs> you're uglier than Chris Jericho? But anyway. <laughs> hey, Danny Trejo is going to get a, a role in this movie some way or another. Zombie always casts the same right. people, which which I I respect it. I respect it. 
Hey, Dustin, real quick. Oh, yeah, he's definitely the Adam Sandler of the horror community. There's no doubt yeah, about that. No but Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with you know giving it off to your own. Nothing wrong with that. Real quick, I only have one, and then and I want to spin it into something. So this film okay. originally had a another subplot, which, God, how much longer could it get? But this movie had a, a, a original subplot involving the Dr. Satan character from House of a Thousand Corpses. Zombie decided to cut those scenes because I... It really wouldn't fit in this movie. Like, like this movie has like a very Bonnie and Clyde thing, and he compared it to seeing Chewbacca in in a Bonnie and Clyde movie. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. So we cut all those scenes. So, um, I I I think that's a good direction because House of a Thousand Corpses it works in that movie the way the the, the way that it, that movie shot and the way that those characters like it's kind of like a really just dark and real gritty horror movie. This movie's almost like a you know we. Yeah, a couple weeks in a row now. It's almost like a road movie. Like, it's a really good road horror movie. So it's a completely different vibe. So that would not have worked. I'm glad he did that. I, I just wanted Same. to say that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm glad those scenes got cut out anyway. Dr. Satan was a sick fuck anyway. Yes, um, so the uh, the fun facts I've got, the ranch that was used for the Firefly Ranch uh, was actually the, it was used in the pilot episode of the show Supernatural, the same house. Um, there's 19, 19 or 20 deaths in the film, depending on which outlet you got. I got 19 from IMDb. I watched a YouTube, uh, I think it was the carnage count. It wasn't carnage count. I don't remember what it was. There was a YouTube video I watched on it earlier and it had 20. And after watching it, it kind of made me second guess because what are you counting as a death? But anyway, uh, Rob Zombie is a noted horror fan and, he has several callbacks to and, and you know tip of the cap to other horror movies in this one so you got the naked woman in the shower callback to like psycho uh cutting off the face of mm-hmm. adam you know text chainsaw massacre sackhead uh taking an axe to the chest like brian said the shining and so all those are horror callbacks in this movie uh you've got 30 days in hell was actually the name of the documentary the of the making of this film and they call it that because this film was filmed in 30 days in california in the scorching heat and so they were all miserable filming this thing so tip of the cap to everyone involved because no matter what you think of the movie that's still impressive to and grueling to to do that in the california heat for 30 days in the summer um here's your weekly david arquette so this was an easy easy one Diamond Dallas Page is in this yeah. film. Diamond Dallas yeah. Page is in Ready to Rumble with David Arquette. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Should have said bang. There you go. Sorry. Bang. Yeah. Uh, last one I got. So we all love Ken Foray, right? Would you have loved this movie any less had they went with someone else that they considered? James Avery, a.k.a. Uncle Phil. I would have read. Uh, no. No, he was considered for the role. I agree with what you're saying, though. But in the film, you know, him and him and Spalding call each other brother several times. And that's one of those things like we call each other brother, but right. that's because we're, we're friends. It's brotherhood. But they kind of allude to the fact that they might actually be related. And when you think about the way Spalding looks and the way James Avery looks, they actually could be believable as brothers. Now, obviously, one is African-American, one's white, but, if you, you know, mixed parents and that sort of thing. They 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 could pass as physical brothers, so that was an that would have been an interesting choice. But I do think Ken Foray was the way to go. They they did it they they did perfectly fine on that. Yeah, James Avery has nicer teeth than Sid than Sid. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
All right. Uh, moment of truth. Uh, Dustin, your pick. You want to go first or last? I'm going to go last. All right. I went first last week. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm excited for all – for. well, I'm excited for yours, Settle. I think I know where <laughs> me and Brian are on this one. <laughs> I don't – I don't – I don't know if I have a favorite kill because – it was really difficult to, like, find a kill that I actually enjoy, Like, you know, and, like, uh, a, a typical slasher was like, wow, that was a cool kill. And none of these are, like, cool kills. Like, so I guess if I had to pick one, it would probably be, uh, man, pro- <laughs> probably Roy. Uh, yeah, sure. How about both those guys? When Otis kills both those guys, that's my favorite set of kills. Like I think that okay. that really works. That's so fair. That's fair. Roy I'll Adam. do a two-way tie there. And, and, and so my least favorite kill is goddamn girl get hit by the van. That kill sucks ass. So I and, and again I, I get it, but it, it it's it just uh, it made me so mad. Like just kill her with the rest of the family. It's so stupid. Okay. So uh, again I said this at, at the beginning <laughs> of this movie. Now I, I said it at the beginning of this movie. This movie, to me, is shot really well. I don't have any complaints with the cinematography. I don't have any complaints with the direction, except maybe a, a scene here and there. Nothing major, though. Nothing that really takes me out of the movie. So, again, Rob Zombie has a really damn good horror movie in him. And I know Dustin thinks this is one of them. Uh, he's writing down a hit list. That's fine. <laughs> but, but what I'm, I think that Rob Zombie has a better movie in him than this one. I will, I will just say that off the top of my head. Because I don't think he's bad behind the camera. I think he's pretty smart behind the camera, actually. So, again, doesn't bother me. And I like the aesthetic from a Rob Zombie movie. You know, that dingy, grungy, dirty, just bleh feeling. It works in a horror movie. It works for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 03. So I get the stylistic, you know, point here where that's every Rob Zombie movie, for the most part, outside of Salem. It's kind of shot different. But I, I, I think that there's a great movie in him. This movie is not it, however. This movie is drugged down by a lot of bad dialogue. Like, there is just some shit that takes me out of this movie where I'm like, what? nobody talks like that in my... Okay, fine. I'll just say it. Nobody in my world talks like that, okay? I'm just going to be honest. Now, I know some people I went to high school with that kind of probably talk like that, but I'm not around them enough to know. So, again, I can't relate to the dialogue that much. However, I don't hate this movie as much as I think two of our co-hosts do here. I think for for what this movie goes for, it, it does really well. It, it 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 makes the bad guys bad guys and the good guys kind of bad guys. So that's kind of a, a negative. But again, makes me hate the Firefly family. So I'll just go ahead, wrap it up in a bow here. I'm going to give this movie a 6.5. I think if this movie had better dialogue, I would bump it up because I like I like the fact that it's shot really well. I like some of the gore. There's just some really bad that gross feeling dialogue and the scene I, i'm not gonna lie the scene with the gun down the pants really knocks it down a whole point for me like that's how much i fucking hate that scene so 6.5 not bad rewatchable the original cut the director's cuts too goddamn long <laughs> all right brian I'll, I'll go ahead and go next so dustin can hate me and not you all right how about that <laughs> go ahead <laughs> and dustin I, i'm sorry brother i'm, I'm hey it's I'm okay looking, okay just wait for your next pick that's fine. Hey, you just, I'm gonna, Paul, you just shit on Paul Walker last week ago. Bro. I'm going to rate at .001 higher than you do, just so I'm not the lowest. 
I didn't shit on Paul Walker. I shit on the movie. Go ahead. Okay. That movie's not as good as this one. My favorite kill Boom. is uh, I went with Charlie, and it's not that I dislike Ken Foray. I just the only character I kind of liked was Sheriff Waddell, and he killed the shit out of Charlie. So I picked that one. And I agree with Mike and Dustin. I don't know. I, I guess Brian might pick the same one, too. My least favorite kill was the woman hit by the truck. All right, my positives of this movie was uh, William Forsythe. Uh, rede- <laughs> it's funny I say, he, re- I say he, re- he redeemed himself from being the shitty stepdad Ronnie somewhat, but this movie came out two years before that. But, <laughs> but he Crying redeemed shit. himself. Crying shit. Yeah, I wrote the song choices throughout the film are really good. And I like Diamond Dallas Page and Danny Trejo. All right, uh, my negatives, self-admitted, not a fan of Rob Zombie's horror movie style, uh, the excessive cussing, nasty, sick dialogue, the exploitation of naked women and the shaky camera movements, you know, when the characters are moving, is just annoying. Uh, I wrote, this is torture porn personified. Uh, just like the first half of Halloween, there's no likable characters, really. I think, Ot- I think Otis and Baby are annoying as hell, and Spalding isn't much better. It's not my style, but I respect the cult following it has. And <laughs> I don't even know if I want to read this part. Uh, the worst six words in horror movie history are written and directed by Rob Zombie. And my oh, rating my a, God. My rating was a 3.75. Oh, my. Okay. Decision respected. <laughs> because let me ask you all something real quick. The scene where Otis gets back to the hotel room and he puts her, the the woman's husband, her face on her face. How effective would that scene, like that was really, really good psychological torture. But how much more effective would that scene be if there wasn't that gross rape scene and all that before all that? Like, I, it just, that just, it takes me out of all of it. Yeah, that's why the director's cut of Halloween 07 sucks. There's a fucking unnecessary rape scene in it. What's wrong with you, Rob? And I apologize to any Rob Zombie and Devil Rejects fan. I'm just being honest. You're supposed to hate the villains. I hate everybody. I hate everybody, though. (laughs) You didn't hate Waddell. I didn't love him. He fumbled the bag. He could have killed them all. And then Roy and Adam, they how do the how do you not kill baby? You hit him in the back of the head with a a log, and you still both get fucked up. Like how do you fumble the bag like that? Anywho, go ahead, Brian. (laughs) Dustin hates me. He won't hate you now. No, it's okay. (laughs) Um, so my favorite kill is actually the throat slash during that raid. Um, I, th- is, I think it's DDP that slash it. And I like it, and I've said this before, you know, I really like a, a, a well done throat slash mm-hmm. in the, in horror movies just because they look, they can look so fake. So when it's well done, I, I really appreciate that. So, uh, that's why that's my favorite kill. My least favorite kill is the sheriff's neck break, honestly, just because I, I wanted I mean, if you're going to kill him, you know, he's one of the main characters. I, I guess I would have I wanted a more elaborate death, I guess. It's realistic. Absolutely agree with you. Tiny would have done that in a second. But I just I guess I wanted a more elaborate death for him. That's all. Um, so, you know, again, I kind of said a lot of my stuff in the opening. You know, it's just a usual this is a usual Rob Zombie film with the dialogue, you know, and to me it had some potential, honestly, and it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. Um you know, the, the over-the-top shit, you know, like Nico said, I, I felt the same way I said at the beginning with it's just it's too much. And, uh, you know, I've heard somebody say that this movie um, before I even watched it, but somebody said that it was a good uh, description of it would be like the first half of Halloween 2007 mixed with the first half of From Dust Till Dawn, if you've seen that. And, yep. you know, that's that's probably not a bad, bad analogy there. Um, 
again, elite soundtrack. But to me, you know, that wasn't enough to really save it. And I know I joked about going a little bit higher than Nico, but I really did. I had a four written down for this. So um, <laughs> it's just it's just coincidence that happens to be a little bit higher. But, yeah, I had a four. Okay. So I just want you guys to know I take nothing personal. Um, same, same. I agree. Same, same, I, I, I promise. I, I don't, it don't bother me. People yeah, we all have preferences. We all have preferences. Um, but like and, I said, and, and, and before you go, Dustin, like Mike says, he's got, he's got the potential to direct one good, but it's like, does he really think every single? Why does every movie have to be like the white trashy? Just over, it's so over the top. Every movie, it's, it's except it's, for Salem, <laughs> it's genuine to him though. I mean, <laughs> it's real. He grew up in the circus or whatever, didn't he? He grew up in the traveling circus for a while, I thought. So that kind of makes sense. Sorry, go ahead, Dustin. There you go. So um, my favorite kill, yeah, I'm going to go with what you said, uh, Mike. I, I, Otis is seen in the desert with Adam and Roy. I, I mean, that's just such an effective scene uh, is painting Otis as the devil. I mean, what more? how much more demonic can you get than the blasphemy, the uh, telling him to pray, um, and then just the, the quote right before he kills him. So that, that was very well done. Runner-up, though, was actually Tiny killing Wydell. If that scene had been built better, I think that uh, I would have made that my favorite kill just because it's so believable. I mean, with him being such a monster of a man, for him to just pick him up by his head and spin his neck like that, it was just brutal. Um, least favorite, yeah, the Wendy getting hit by the by the truck up. Yeah, we've shit on that enough. My positives for the movie, uh, I, I do appreciate Rob Zombie's willingness to continue to make films. <laughs> because <laughs> it appears that more people hate his movies than love them. And I like them, so I appreciate that. Um, the soundtrack is phenomenal. I think that, like I said, if your goal is to hate the villain, because too often the not the... Uh, lines between who are we supposed to cheer for gets blurred. There's never a doubt in your mind that you hate Otis and you want to see him die a horrible death. Same with baby. She's annoying as shit and she's twisted as well. Spalding, like I said, he's probably the most likable of the three, but he's still like, he's part of the family. Fucking too. He's disgusting. Kill them all. Um, my dislikes. It's the same things that you guys said as far as dialogue. Like there's certain things that could have been scripted better left out. Even, uh, Mike, what's that quote that you like about the flapping from the one movie? Uh, what was it? Flappy titties. <laughs> hey, this one has the exact same line. I had their phone down, and this was in my nitpicks. So uh, he said, "And choke the chicken." And chicken. Yeah, style. he has to choke the chicken. Yeah. So they're standing outside the motel, and he's like, "Her big old titties are flapping around. My titties don't flap." It's like as soon as I heard that when I was rewatching it, I was like, "God, Mike is gonna rip that apart." I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. I thought um, about it. But that I, I, and then Roy, when he's praying, he's like, "You better pray to your God that he strikes me down." Instead of praying for that, he prays that the little bunnies and birdies are blessed. And it's like <laughs> you can tell that Rob Zombie's never prayed today in his life. But he wrote a movie called The Devil's Reject. <laughs> but no, as far as dislikes, I mean, I really don't dislike much about this movie. This is one of my favorite movies. I'm going to bump our composite score way up, pals. 8.75. I love wow. this movie. That brings our composite score for this week to a 5.75. Suck it. 
Hey. Oh. See, the, the question I have is, uh, you talk about we're supposed to hate the villains, but, like, people love, like, the diehards love the Firefly family. Like, they love yeah, it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, I love them as characters. Like, okay. I love. I think, I think they just love Sid, Bill, and Sherry outside yes. of the movie. I right. think that's what it is. Well, I think that's I where too. I am. As far as their character work, I love them. But as far as their characters in the film, they're so despicable and disgusting and vile that you want bad things to happen to them. And then to just watch their journey of how they escape, they evade, and they continue to do so through these three, uh, you know, the first two movies in this this series. I think that's the reason they have such a cult following. That's the reason I like them so much is because it's like how much more sick and twisted can they get? And Bill Mosley and Sid Haig acted their asses off, and Sherry Moon looked pretty. Sherry Moon gets better, and I, I'm glad you said that. I want to close my thoughts with this. I feel like I shit on her really early, and rightfully so. Her acting in this movie is not good. But, and I'm not an actor, so I hate to say that. But it is it her acting or is it the direction? I think it's her acting here in this movie. I think she does not act this. I, I, I just don't think the role is, is acted very well. It stands out very clear next to Bill Mosley and Sid Haig, who the least experienced is in the in the three. Like I think that's very clear. However, over time, I do feel Sherry Moon Zombie has gotten better. I I, I praise her in Halloween 07. I think she plays uh, Michael Myers' mom really well there. And I think, I don't know if anyone else has seen Salem, another Rob Zombie movie, but she's good. Her character work in that movie is also good. So haven't seen Three from Hell. Don't know if she's you know gotten worse or better or whatever. But I got to give her a little credit. Not here in this movie, but there are some other roles that Rob puts her in that I think she actually holds her own weight. Except for Halloween too, because she couldn't have saved that that script to save her life. So it's like the movie starts and it starts with a, a dead woman naked getting drugged. It's like. And this is really how we're going to start this off. <laughs> and then within another, then within another five minutes, there's another dead naked woman in Otis's bed. I was like, I was like, man, God. it's like, is this? I, I really feel like he's just a shock, a shock, a shock director. And, yeah. I, and I mean, it works. I mean, I mean, it works well, for him, but it's just, it's too much. Well, the good news for him is that you're you you guys appear to be in the minority because I just I just saw this I wrote down earlier. Movie had a seven million dollar budget, made twenty twenty point nine million, almost twenty, almost three times the hey, budget. Oh, of course it did, man. It's got a following. There's no doubt. Yeah. It's got a following. And 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 by the way, this movie does a great throat slash, like Brian says. Rob Zombie does good throat slashes. He does in about every movie that that he makes, and they're really well done. Where mm -hmm. a little Michael does the neck slash to William Forsythe in the in Halloween. That's fucking True. awesome. My favorite kill of the movie. So good shit. I don't I mean, know. I just to... go go ahead, Brian. I was just going to bitch it because I cannot believe that this has a higher composite ranking than Blair Witch Project that we did. I'm so disappointed. I don't know. I don't, I'm, well, I'm, I would have bumped that composite up as well if I'd have been on for that show. I There's know, a part of I'm, me that wants to re-rate that, but it's too late now. Too I late just now. think I just think if he would just write his characters a little more likable, like you would just have so much more sympathy. Well, like the band, like I, like I would feel so much more for the band if the way they talk to each other just wasn't so just like, does Rob Zombie think everybody just talks like that? Like, I was like, come on, man. I, I, feel, bad, I feel bad for Brian Posehn. <laughs> like, but anywho, that's, I'm sorry to any Devil's Rejects fans and Rob Zombie stands. I just, I'm <laughs> sorry again. 
And I'm sorry if I pooped all over Dustin's pick. I didn't. No. Hey, that's fine. Do it again. I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody have any final thoughts before we close this out? No. I'm good. All righty. I I enjoy talking with you guys. Um, It's good to just hang out with your buddies and just talk about stuff you have in common, even if you don't like it or, you know, disagree on it. We all we all do it cordially and somewhat professionally, I think. (laughs) And we really appreciate everyone who's been listening. We really appreciate that. It's it's really a great honor to go on iTunes and see, you know, that our show, our product is one of the top five on the iTunes search. That's really a great feeling. We really appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. R.I.P. Sid Haig. Rest in peace, Sid Haig and Matthew. Matthew McGrory. 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 Rest in peace to both of those gentlemen. Hashtag. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.
birds. 